Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people here impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by Thomas Muller and Fatima Nakayin. Thomas and Fatima are the co-founders of Rivero, and we're here to talk about the reinvention of fraud recovery and disputes. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Thank you very much for having us. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, do you guys just want to go into a little bit of uh, who you are and what you do and why you started Rivero as well? Sure. Um, so my name is Fatima Nikain. I'm one of the co-founders of uh, Rivero. And uh, here I'm with my co-founder, Thomas. Thomas. Would you like to go next? Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is uh, Thomas. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Rivero. Um, Rivero is a fintech company um, out of beautiful uh, Switzerland. Uh, and in fact, we are the first uh, Visa fintech partner from Switzerland, which we are quite uh, proud uh, about. And what we do is we offer software as a service solutions for the financial industry. Uh, more specifically, uh, we offer solutions for banks to help them uh, simplify, optimize, and streamline their payment processes. Oh, nice one. Well, uh, welcome to the show. Um, I kind of wanted to pick both of your brains today about, you know, the increasing rate of financial fraud. Uh, We've obviously kind of been seeing a rise over the last few years. Um, What do you kind of see as the reasons behind this? And what kind of risks are there for the banks that they're worried about? Right. So, yeah, indeed, um, that's certainly quite an important topic uh, for the whole industry. So um, we believe the main reasons for the rise of fraud rates we see all across the industry is certainly connected to the rising popularity of online shopping, uh, right? Um, pretty much everything uh, we do um, these days um, is, is, is connected to, to an online uh, payment which certainly also increases the exposure uh, when it comes to to, to fraud. Um, And what we also see, and certainly is a bit of a worrying trend, is um, that social engineering uh, plays quite a big role um, in in everything around uh, fraud, meaning um, more and more consumers are really uh, scammed and tricked into um, into uh, conducting purchases that they don't intend to to to, to actually do, or are, are still tricked. You know, uh, as we all know, um, uh, in a in a kind of like phishing way to hand over their their payment uh, uh, credentials. Um, so that's certainly um, two two big areas that that lead to an increasing amount of fraud. But interestingly, what we have also seen is that with um, the the rise of a lot of uh, new players and and challenger banks, sometimes fraud can even be connected to somewhat uh, weaker know-your-customer processes, meaning um, the the, the people are not screened the right way um, during the the creation of an account, which can also certainly uh, lead then to the fact that um, people are able to create an account in, in, in the wrong name 
Um, um, and of course, in, in, in general, uh, fraudsters are quite um, creative when it comes to finding new ways of, um, uh, of, of attacking and, and, and scamming people. And of course, that comes with quite um, some risks for the banks. Um, I would say the two most noteworthy ones are, uh, for one, the, the reputation risk, right? It's quite dangerous as a, as a bank if you are in the headlines for um, receiving an overage amount of uh, fraud. And also, if you are a customer of a, of a bank and your bank doesn't handle um, the actual fraud incident uh, well, meaning being there for you um, in the moment when it, when it really counts, I think this can uh, also uh, potentially drive a customer away and drive a customer to the, to the competition. Um, and the other one, maybe the other one is the more obvious one is, of course, there's also the risk of a financial loss. Because um, sometimes maybe even in order to not have the reputation damage, uh, banks would then um, actually cover uh, the losses um, uh, and, and, and therefore have to write, write enough uh, the money if they can't recover it from a, from a third party. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, specifically to, you know, CEOs and COOs, um, what are some of the, you know, more specifically, you know, common pain points for, for those two roles? And what are the opportunities for banks in this space to really tackle these kind of problems? Great question, uh, Matt. Managing fraud and recovering funds is one of the pain points for banks, as it can be an incredibly resource-intensive process. Um, Investigating fraud, gathering evidence, and communicating with customers requires a substantial workforce and time. And with the increasing volume of fraud and the complexity, this can really exhaust an an existing uh, uh, team and therefore lead to delays and inefficiencies in resolving such cases. Um, Since banks have to refund customers, especially in case of fraud, Uh, Delays in processing claims and recovering the funds can pose a significant financial risk to banks, um, especially when we talk about large transactions or widespread uh, fraud campaigns. Um, Another pain point that we have seen uh, is the negative customer experience. Um, When customers notice an unauthorized transaction, uh, they expect a swift resolution. Uh, So delays or miscommunication and a lack of transparency during the process can really lead to frustration, break trust, and in some cases destroy uh, the bank's reputation. On the opportunity side, um, we think banks uh, can really turn these challenges into opportunities Uh, by leveraging uh, automation and modern technologies. Once banks can really streamline the process, uh, they can then promote uh, customer protection and the zero liability policy as a unique selling point of their cart. And when customers are actually aware of such rights, they won't switch to alternative payment methods like PayPal that promote fire protections and, and therefore banks can benefit from increasing transaction volumes and secure a top of wallet position for their cards. Okay, perfect. So so with that being said, then, how, how can banks really leverage technology to be used for its full potential in fraud recovery um, and, you know, really minimize these financial risks? 
Yes, so I think there are a couple of ways banks can really tackle this challenge. Um, and um, I would say um, uh, actually quite a very central one is the fact that in now 2023, most banks, including uh, the more established ones and even the somewhat slower moving ones, um, have now uh, typically a rather solid mobile banking uh, solution. Um, um, and also we believe that actually the overlap of consumers using the mobile banking uh, app and consumers that actually do shop on uh, online and therefore are typically um, exposed to fraud is is rather uh, big. Um, however, at the same time, we uh, still see uh, only very few banks fully leveraging this potential of this install base of their mobile banking app. Um, and we believe um, that, that 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 is a bit of a shame because we believe especially in the domain of customer support and especially around this domain of uh, uh, fraud alerts and dispute management, there, there, there is a lot of potential. Um, uh, and also uh, worth, uh, I think, highlighting is that we believe um, a bit different from the approach banks usually took in the past where they would try to source all the services around car payments from one large uh, uh, entity. Uh, I think it's now really the right moment in time to switch that to a more of a best-in-class approach where they just look into the industry to basically see which software as a service solution provider is specialized in a in a specific domain and then uh, yeah go go more for a, a best in class approach rather than trying to source everything out of uh, one single provider got it okay so so kind of bringing this um all back into into perspective um could you really tell our listeners a little bit about amico and how the platform can really improve consumer experience in the space Sure, happy to do so. So, um, yeah, as I have already mentioned, uh, um, uh, we provide um, software as a service solutions. One of our solutions is uh, Amico, uh, the first and um, as far as we know, only solution that really addresses um, the topic of fraud recovery and dispute management in an end-to-end digital uh, way. Um, so that really means um, everything that basically is done in Amico in the back office of the bank is done in a in a digital way, which just opens the door for a lot of uh, automation. So in Amico, essentially everything that is repetitive work for the agent, the solution takes uh, care of, and the agent can really focus uh, their time on analyzing the the the, the complex cases. And probably the biggest um, difference we make with uh, Amico and therefore the biggest USP of the product is that we also uh, look at the process end-to-end, meaning we include the consumer in this uh, process by bringing everything around uh, fraud and dispute management into the mobile banking app uh, of, 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 of the bank. Meaning you as a consumer, the next time you have an issue with a transaction, you can simply open up the app of your uh, bank, navigate to that transaction, and from there start a conversation with what we call our virtual agent that guides you through the process. And at the end of this process, if there is um, the possibility to dispute a transaction, uh, a fully digital case is being created and you are being refunded on, on, on your card, 
uh, which uh, uh, which turns this into an even positive experience and is in in in, in contrast with what typically banks uh, do as of today, meaning they will ask you to call you uh, to to call them um, or to fill out a, a complex uh, a form you have to find somewhere online. Okay, got it. Well, that's that's good to know. And obviously, we'll be uh, adding all of the links to Amico in the description below. Um, my my kind of final question for you today, then, guys, is um, you know, do you do you have any tips for the average consumer when it comes to protecting themselves from these kind of attacks? Yes, um, sure. I would say our first tip is use your debit or credit card whenever possible, uh, because card payments provide excellent uh, consumer protection and zero liability in case of fraud. And that means that um, consumers are protected if something goes wrong. And um, second, be cautious of deals that seem too good to be true. Um, take the time to compare offers from other sources to make sure um, uh, they are realistic and definitely watch out for fake websites whenever possible. Try to purchase from well-known and trusted retailers. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Fatima, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Matt. Thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, thanks for having us today. Yeah, no problem. And thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast as well. We hope to clot away from this episode, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to rivero.tech. That's R-I-V-E-R-O.tech. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com.